Welcome to Hort Culture, where a group of extension professionals and plant people talk about the business, production, and joy of planting seeds and helping them grow. Join us as we explore the culture of horticulture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to an episode, or welcome to your first episode, possibly, of Hort Culture Podcast. We are all suffering through bad air quality right now. I feel like... Mm. My voice again, is not the again. same. What about you guys? And we're not yeah. just talking about people farting in the room. We're talking <laughs> no, about a more it is more than just that. I was, I was talking about people farting in the room. Yeah. Yes. All of us are sitting alone in each of our rooms, so I'm pretty sure you all are farting in <laughs> no, your own room. You always, need a, you always need a pet nearby. You need a pet to blame things on, okay? Just a handy handy word of advice. That's That's wisdom. That is wisdom. But yeah, it's a good day. It's a uh, pretty day, at least as we sit here now. What is it, like 75, 80 degrees or something like that? Mm-hmm. Sunshine. Yeah, we got a it's like rain. mid-80s. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little rain. It'll be good. Yeah, the humidity's mm-hmm. down today, and I always enjoy that here in Kentucky. Any day we can have a day with uh, moderate heat and low humidity, yeah, that's a that's a pretty yeah. good day. Low, like <laughs> below 70, which is like the mold warning. Then like yeah, that's a good good low humidity we're in, day. <laughs> we're in the zone. We are in the zone exactly. When you're outside yeah. and you're just like, I'm pretty sure mold is growing on my skin right now. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't want to be out there. If you so. move too slowly, we have all seen those trees down south. If you move too slowly, things may grow on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. When the humidity that's, reaches that point. Yeah, that was me this past weekend. I at some point I just kind of like sat down and just slowly just laid down <laughs> on the ground. It was like, I'm yeah. done. I, I hope you were in the shade when you did that. <laughs> we're cleaning out, cleaning up the barn and uh, oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. we got the, all the stall mats pulled out and those stall oh, mats gosh. are like so heavy. Yeah. And so we got them all put back in and got them in the right order and, and finally got them puzzle piece together. And I just, the last one, I just kind of like sat down and I just rolled backwards <laughs> and I just laid there. <laughs> Just done for the day. Nice and still, yes. But anyways, our uh, our topic today is, I think, a fun one. It's kind of exciting. We talk a lot about growing on here uh, and marketing, but we're going to talk about some hort gadgets today. So some of our favorites, some weird ones we've seen um, and may or may not have used, and we have to give this a little like caveat <laughs> Tr- trigger warning, whatever you want to call it, at the <laughs> beginning. That uh, as as UK employees, we are not endorsing any certain brand, but we will mention some brand names. And in some cases, there's only one brand that makes an item. In some cases, there are lots of brands that make some sort of item. Uh, I think at, at least for, uh, for me, it's just I will say the brand name that I have personally used. Uh, and we encourage you to go out and do your own research as to what will work best for you and buy it wherever you want to buy it. So we have to give that up front. And now that we've done that, somebody talk about So a cool what am gadget. I supposed to do with all of these products and promo codes that I've received endorsements for that I was going to plug? Yeah, Brett <laughs> is bad. wondering where to cash his checks at. <laughs> Make the shack yeah. of this of this uh <laughs> This program, there's no product I won't endorse. 
I mean, we get so excited. You know, we're going to mention product names in specific instances because we get so excited when we, I mean, after all, this is our favorite garden gadgets or maybe gadgets we're associated with or personally use. So it sounds and like it's going to be a fun I'll, round table. I'll say too, like in, in the era of disposability and low quality, high volume sales companies and products that do the opposite of that. They sell you one thing that you're going to have for probably the rest of your life for the next several decades. I get pretty, I'm happy about that. Like I like that. Mm -hmm. And so shouting Mm -hmm. that out sometimes it doesn't feel, it feels like you're leading people in the right direction, but at the same time, you know, we don't want to get, get too caught up in that. But I, I, that, that's something I, with, I, I, the, the term, even, even the term gadgets sometimes has a, a little bit of a, association with maybe like cheap or disposable or, or gimmicky or whatever. Yeah. And, um, there, there's certain products. I mean, it could be a cultivator. It could be an app on as your iPhone. On gadgets. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> right. here for some as seen on TV. I know. Why do they yeah. put that right where I know why in stores that is right where you check out because my <laughs> eyes go straight Listen. to it. Yes. I want that car Bluetooth wireless <laughs> car play adapter. That's I'm a amazing. millennial, yeah. man. Do you remember the cool infomercials? Like yeah. I was about, Oh that. yeah. Like I would spend my yeah. allowance money on those infomercials on like really cool. I was cool just walking around spraying flex seal. No endorsement intended. I love me I was, just, I was just walking around spraying that stuff on random stuff to see if I could stop leaks. I was. What would happen? That was this guy. Even when we were talking about Kentucky heat and sweating. What would happen if you if you coated yourself in Flex Seal in this heat? You think that would be a bad idea? Or I think it'd be it would good. be waterproof. I think it would a bit of water would leak out. out. It would hold it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd hold it in waterproof. Yeah. You yeah. would not I sweat. Don't have to drink any water. Sweating is rude in professional environments, so that's good. Pores are basically a bunch of leaks all over your Speak yeah for yourself. I sweat Flexio. in all my professional environments. <laughs> Not I the intended application, and I want to sweat while I'm doing it. Mm. <laughs> I, I like Brett's thought when he was leading us in here, uh, and it's interesting because it got me to thinking immediately when you mentioned like garden implements or or things that you may have that may last through the generation. Do any of you guys have any garden tools? that uh, you either may have purchased, used, or, or may have been passed down. Real curious, because I, I love old garden and, you know, like old farm and garden equipment. Just love it, old old steel equipment. Any of you guys have anything like that that's maybe more than one generation old? I have a hatchet. No? Mm. Ooh, oh, nice. Do you? Yeah. That's pretty old. Yeah. It's Is pretty that old. something from the family or just something no, that you I think I, I think up? I bought it. Either I bought it uh, used either on eBay or somewhere similar. I, I have a lot of more like uh, hand tools and uh, mm-hmm. woodworking tools and stuff like that that's older. But uh, as far as garden tools, there, was there any cool garden tools in that place that you uh, in in your all's barns that Alexis or the buildings or anything on your property? On our in our old barn, no, there's no cool like garden tools. I wouldn't say like there's like we've got an axe, which I guess could be a garden tool. I don't know. I don't think of it as a garden tool. Is it cool Uh, for really like tough tomato plants? I mean, it's a big old axe, (laughs) (laughs) double bladed. (laughs) My, I like not. Yeah, I don't have garden. So so. I don't have any hand-me-down garden tools because my fa- like my mom 
my parents gardened a little bit. Like I'm sure my grandparents, you know, gardened like a little bit, but all the old tools that I have are old woodworking tools, like and masonry tools. So my grandfather was a mason and he passed down like some really cool like hand drills and stuff cool. that he used for stonework. But yeah, I don't have any old garden tools. I have tools that I know are going to have for a long period of time. Does that count? That maybe I will then hand down no, to a stranger. No, it doesn't stranger. count. <laughs> it should count. Right. It should, End of though. conversation. Now that, <laughs> have, I, have I already referenced the like, I don't, it's not really a joke. It's more like, I don't even know what you would call it. It's like a, somewhat it's not funny the idea of like this is george washington's axe the handles have been replaced three times and the head's been replaced once or something like that (laughs) no you haven't this idea of like a tool with rep with like replaceable parts and but yet there's still some sort of you know claim that this belonged (laughs) to some famous person even though the (laughs) individual of theseus kind of thing like it's all been replaced is it true exactly like at uh, what point is it a completely different item? Yeah, like like <laughs> I all the skin that's on my body is different from the skin that when I was a baby. Right. So you're, you're a, a brand new person. person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody's any joke. Sort of like, it's just a bad one. But it's, that it's not that really makes it good. <laughs> well, if you say like I've got this axe, it used to be George Washington's, and you say those things like, oh, the handle's been replaced twice, and the head's been replaced, you know, once. You know, as long as you're not taking it seriously, it's a joke. Then it sounds. <laughs> but what if George Washington was the one that replaced it? It's more like a. I don't know. It's like a. It's like a think piece, Josh. I don't know if you've ever heard of a think piece before. <laughs> oh yeah, Vox or somebody should just hire me to write things like this. So <laughs> the Ellie take to be provocative. The, to yeah, the people the going. joke explainer. <laughs> if anybody's ever heard that before, back me up because it's it's like I don't even know. I can't even remember where I. I don't know. I'll just be quiet now. Yeah. If you Alexis was like talking about heirloom explained call- to you, What's that? then come. I said, if you like jokes explained to you, this is the podcast for you. <laughs> jokes are always better when somebody has to explain yeah, them. You tear them open and <laughs> squeeze every bit of funny out of them. But Alexis, but speaking of tearing things open, <laughs> you were talking about I, uh, you were talking about like heirloom quality stuff that you yourself have bought or that you plan to. Yes, yeah, so, so uh, I think a lot of people probably know about this, but. There, I th- it's going to be like a 50-50. The Hori Hori knife, mm-hmm. also known mm-hmm. as the soil knife. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I bought myself a treated myself. I've had a couple over the years, all still in, you know, still usable, uh, but what they had plastic handles. So soil knife is exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a large knife that's slightly dull at the tip. It usually has a serrated edge on it and also has like measurements, like inches. It's about six inches long. So you can measure, oh, if my seed needs to go down two inches, I can mm-hmm. use that uh, on there. It's kind and of like a cross between of, a knife and a trowel, like a hand trowel as far as if you're trying to imagine yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's very multi-use. And I used to be sort of against them until I've really figured out how they're supposed to be used. But it's great for weeding. You can use it to plant plugs. Yeah, those are great. You can use it for, I mean, I have used it to cut through things because we've got that serrated edge. But I re- just recently treated myself to a nice wood-handled one that where the, the knife, I don't know if it's called, if it would be called like the shank of the knife um, go, runs through the handle, the and you know, so the it's tang a, of the, the tang. Knife. Thank you, the tang of the knife. I knew there was like something. Brett's sword collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, the, exactly. Like the orange drink, it's like a little that, mini sword. The orange yes. drink of 
cosmonaut of the 90s? orangutan. I was thinking, yes, I was thinking orange drink, Brett. Thank you. <laughs> the, yeah, those but, are those are great. Those are the more you use those, I I know I don't know how long those knives have been around. Those implements have been around, but well, they're I, Japanese. So I they, mean, they've I have no families that they, they're on their third generation now of this same knife, and mm-hmm. they're slicked down where they're used so much, and they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're really, yeah. really I, beautiful I'm a big piece. fan. If you are looking for a hand tool. Whether yeah. you're a home gardener, commercial, you know, whatever, I would strongly recommend getting a soil knife. And they're really and they're good not at that popping expensive. out dandelions. I mean, they're great yeah. for weeding. I love those things for, I just, you know, I'm kind of like with dandelions the way Alexis is with certain types of insects in her garden, <laughs> is that I use one very similar to that. It's like that, but it's kind of got a V on the tip. So it actually just severs the root subsurface. And I love it. So things aren't, great things aren't fine and dandy when it comes to you and dandelions. No, eh? they are not. There are no dandelions at this zoo. Dang. And you see, the reason that Dang. joke works is because he's Andy. <laughs> it's, not more, it's not a joke. It's more of a comment. <laughs> it's more of a slider. It's more of a slider. But anyways, well, yes. Hori Hori, H-O-R-I, H-O-R-I. Um, they're usually less than $30 for, I mean, you can get a really high quality one for, you know, $30 or so uh, from just about anywhere these days. So highly recommend. So that's my first one. Who wants to go next? Well, one that uh, is near and dear to my heart, and I've seen commercial gardeners use these, uh, commercial producers, smaller commercial producers, and certainly a lot of home gardeners. But one of the things I started using years and years ago uh, were these direct garden seeders uh, that you can get. There's a lot of different brands, uh, but basically it's an implement in well-tilled and prepared soil. You just basically, if you're doing a direct seeded crop like snap beans, for instance, you just fill up a little hopper, a little container, and just push this thing in hopefully a straight line through your garden, and it drops the seeds at the proper interval based on whatever plate. It's plate-based. There's different plates for different seed sizes that spaces the, the seeds out, and it accepts certain sizes of seeds. But these direct garden seeders, and you can do something like green beans in just a tenth of the time as opposed to the old fashioned way of laying off a row, you know, creating a furrow in a row and then going along, dropping your seeds, coming back and then covering that. You can do that all in one operation. And as fast as you can walk, you can seed. And those things are absolutely incredible. And uh, you usually get those things with five to seven seed plates, uh, you know, everything from carrots all the way up to like peas. And you have to pay attention. The plates are usually labeled. And if they don't come with all of the plates that you need, uh, there's usually, uh, you can add those on later. If you misplace your seed plates, um, you can order those from, from most companies, but you have to go with the same plate that, uh, matches the brand that you purchase. There's a lot of different brands. They range in from about 150 up to $200. If you want to get really fancy, they have those direct seeders. Now these are more for small commercial producers, but they have fertilizer hoppers attached to those. Mm-hmm. So it side dresses and, or does a side application of fertilizer, whatever you need in that instance and drops the seeds at the same time. So they, those get fancier. They cost a little more. They're about $300, $350, but uh, just an incredible sort of semi-automatic piece of equipment that um, takes an hour job and makes it more like a 10-minute job. And I've used those a lot, and I've just really grown to like those. The only limitation I've seen from those is that you cannot have really clotty soil. Mm -hmm. You have to have your Mm -hmm. soil Mm -hmm. fairly worked up fine, and then they work great. The only other way that you'll fail with those pieces of equipment 
is uh, if you go a little bit too deep, there's a depth setting on those things and you have to pay really close attention to that because I don't know about you guys, but when I'm dealing with fresh tilled soil, I'm pretty excited <laughs> and it's easy to go too deep into fresh tilled soil, depending on what type of soil you have. So you have to watch your depth, but those things are awesome. Uh, have you guys ever used uh, those? Um, there's a lot of brands, like I said, but little direct garden seeders, they're amazing. Yeah, I have used those. And it's like you say, you know, if you, it's just about walking speed that you can get yeah. it done. And it's real nice. I mean, the, the one that I used, it's, it's light too. It's the kind of thing that you mm-hmm. can easily lift and put in the back of, you know, some kind of yeah. cart or something like that. They weigh maybe three to five pounds. They're, yeah. the, the, the they're ground ones. driven. So they're not, there's no yes. motor, there's no electricity, no, no gas, no anything. It, exactly. There's a wheel on the yeah. ground that you're pushing and it's, yes. which yes. is great because there's, you know, less parts and less expensive parts to break, but there is a learning curve of, of the skill of using one effectively and at the right Mm -hmm. speed and having your soil prepped and all that kind of stuff. But I was very, there's a learning curve. Yeah. But I, I definitely, and, and I'll, you know, be the, the bad, the, the naughty boy here and just say a couple of the brands that people tend to, to have are the, uh, Earthway was the first one that I ever used. It's another brand. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if they're still around or not, but they are. And, and I, both of those, it's all about calibration and learning to use it. I'm yes. sure there's a million other brands yeah. now, but if you're starting your research, you could start there and just kind of mm. see and read what people say that this is way better. This, you know, those were good back then. These, this new one's better or whatever people might say now, but mm-hmm. it's a very cool, yeah, very cool, elegant system. And like I mean, you I, said, going from hands and knees, yes. dropping carrot seeds. Yeah. To, it's a game changer yeah. for home gardens, unless you just like to punish yourself. It'll it'll reduce your time greatly for those direct seeding crops. We did uh, we did quarter acre patches for those uh, when I lived in the hills, uh, the hilly part of Kentucky, where it wasn't really conducive to take large tractors or whatever mm-hmm. into certain areas. You know, we would seed pretty big areas with those things because there's there's larger hoppers you can get on some of the models mm-hmm. that hold a lot of seed. And uh, you can do bigger areas with those. Yeah. They're great. And They're like good. you say, the plate system, it, it's super mm-hmm. versatile. I mean, I think the largest cultivated area that I did where all we used for seeding for mixed vegetables was an earthway on three acres. Yeah. That's awesome. And you can do three acres actually pretty quick yeah. with one of those. It's a it lot easier to quick. seed three acres with an earthway than mm-hmm. it is to like do everything else associated with yeah, that. Yeah, that's the Get easy yourself part in trouble. You one of those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And I've noticed there's dedicated direct seeders now. I got to looking. There's some, uh, they're smaller than the seeders that we're talking about, but they're still direct seeders, but they're specifically for tiny seeded crops. Mm. Hmm. And they're really dedicated and they have a completely different drop system where they can drop like a, you know, a mustard seed wow. precisely. And those are even cheaper, but they're dedicated to a smaller range of garden crops, the smaller seeded crops, and they have a different drop mechanism because you get these tiny seeded crops and they're really, really hard to precisely drop those seeds and what in the device we're talking about in some cases. So you have more of even more of a precision seeder that are more dedicated to the tiny crops and, and they're the same price, 150 or less, but they do fewer crops. So, you know, if you've not done so, check into those uh, direct seeders we're talking about because they're the real time savers and they've got little gizmos that you can, that a lot of them I've noticed come with now they'll mark the next row for you. So the only row you have to get straight 
if you're you know, of a mind mm -hmm. that you like straight rows in your garden, you have a little marker that kind of drags along the soil and it'll space however wide you want your rows spaced and it'll mark the next row for you even. So yeah, they're great gadgets. They're really good. And they last a long, long, long time with proper care because a lot of the newer ones I've noticed are not made out of all metal. They're made out of a lot of aluminum and poly materials that are weatherproof and they don't wear out easily. And I know, I think it was an earthway cedar that, um, we, I, we had multiple brands, but the Earthway Cedar was 20-some years old. However long the Earthway's been making them, we had the same one with the same rubber belt drive on it that lasted all those years. We'd clean it at the end of the season and hang it up in the barn, and it'd be there waiting on us next year. Nice. Yeah. What else? Well, I was thinking one of the ones, uh, one of the tools that kind of blew my mind when I learned about it, because I, and it, this has to do with kind of pruning or taking care of, larger limbed stuff, but pruning saw, uh, as opposed mm -hmm. to like, you know, before I learned about a pruning saw, it was just, where are the loppers and do you have a big enough set? And if you don't, well, you just attack that thing and you mangle your tree best you can, mm -hmm. but yeah, pruning <laughs> saws and how aggressively they cut really kind of remove any limitations mm -hmm. and they make clean cuts and they're easy to use. You know, like it's one of those ones where you let the tool do the work and it's all on the pull and you can just, you know, not not crush yourself trying to get rid of a limb that can be mm -hmm. pretty sizable with a pruning saw. Those things are That's cool. It. You can get the the pull, the pushes <clears throat> or the push pull versions, uh, depending on the aggression that you want. But those uh, the technology mm -hmm. there, the blade technology has been gotten so good. And those things are so sharp. Mm -hmm. you know what I saw the other day is, is as a just whatever, not an alternate for, but. This dude, he had a mini chainsaw. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, those things are like dope. a foot long kind of thing. Oh, yeah, no, those, no, no, oh, like no. Like the size of a cell Tiny phone. Stuff. Whoa. And he's like holding it in his hand. Super safe. It, it, yeah. it's, it's electric, so it, it doesn't go very oh. fast. It's actually pretty cool. Because I, I've used, if I'm, if I'm not doing fine pruning, I'll use a pruning. They sell pruning specific blades for reciprocating saws. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have like a sawzall and I have a pruning blade for that. And I have a, mm -hmm. a cordless one nice. and that's extremely, it's a way to make extremely quick work, especially if you're printing some stuff back and then you're going to go back for finishing cuts or whatever. But yeah, the little mini chainsaw, I don't know that I have a real application to have one, but I kind of really want one. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's like a, Why not? That's a amazing. little thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. You've seen them before. Didn't have the, didn't My have friend the Sarah had, no, it doesn't, it doesn't have a claw. My friend Sarah yeah. has one. Um, she's a florist and she, so she uses a lot of like woody materials and she'll like go and like do some harvesting and stuff. But, but, you know, if she gets some woodier materials in that's, you know, the size of a quarter or bigger, uh, she'll use that and she loves it. Yeah. And, she, yeah, and it was manufactured by like a mainstream manufacturer. It wasn't something obscure. Mm -hmm. Uh, this guy's mm -hmm. in Britain. Uh, so, you know, mm -hmm. I just implicitly trust him because of the accent. Right, right, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, authority sure. of the received pronunciation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. You, you, you've touched on something here, Brett, and I didn't even think about it, but the battery tech in horticulture has revolutionized, well, not just in horticulture, just across the boards everywhere, but uh, just as much in hort as any other area, but battery technology. I was one of those, I grew up with like timber chainsaws. I had a lot of uncles that cut a lot of timber, and I was like, oh, when I first started seeing battery chainsaws and now that's the only chainsaw I have because I don't have a reason I live in the suburbs uh, but I do cut a little bit of wood when I go back 
uh, home to the eastern part of the state. And now the only chainsaw I have is like an 18-inch battery. So it's an 80-volt, 6-amp-hour battery, you know, big battery. But I've become a real believer. I don't have a gasoline motor at home now. My weed eater, blower, you know, uh, lawnmower, everything I've converted to battery. And I would not have thought that three years ago. Mm-hmm. Would not have thought yeah. that. But that's some technology. You mentioned that and it just ha- hit me. I'm like, wow, I just take that for granted anymore. It's not the perfect application for everyone, obviously, but battery technology, my goodness, in horticulture, it's just, and I'm starting to see in our neighborhood, there's some commercial mowers that go back and forth and there's a two or three crews that have zero turn battery mowers now. Yeah. Oh wow, The big oh. Z turns. It's just, it's amazing. Alexis, what are you running into in the world of batteries as far as that goes? Are you guys using any battery equipment much or? Um, I'm no, not <laughs> our chainsaws. Oil is what she runs on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dinosaur juice. Yeah. No, I, we don't, mm. I, I want, um, you guys are probably, st- yeah, it's a batteries that have a specific application set. Yeah. My, like uh, my world is either like, by hand and like simple mm-hmm. mechanization, yeah. like the mm-hmm. cedar, or it's larger gas. Yeah, like right. no, you're like kind of on there's both nothing ends, in between both opposite ends. for us. Yeah. yeah, but like I, I know I've seen those, and maybe one of you were going to bring it up. It's actually not on my list, but it reminded me of it. Was the like lettuce harvesters that you connect to a drill, and oh. it like it the it has like little paddles or whatever that like harvests mm-hmm. into a bin crazy those are really cool that you can just like walk down the row and harvest that leaf lettuce from that that with just a drill attachment i thought that was really cool does anybody use one of those i haven't seen those no i've seen a version of that but not like on the field harvest side this was something on the wash side something from the og og uh social media days where you'd see like videos of those happening and I remember they kind of like came onto the scene because it wasn't like some kid invented it or something. And I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. Because yeah, they kind of came onto the scene when I was still working at the at the the farm, and people would kind of be yeah. I, I, for if you can keep the weeds down and you can hit mm-hmm. your lettuce at the right time, I think it's like mm-hmm. an incredible opportunity to and spin it, yeah, to make it happen. How does it? Does it just knock the lead the leaf lettuce off the stem? Is that how? No, it works? it's got a, like a blade. Okay. That, that the gotcha. the drill you hook the drill up mm-hmm. and it turns a gear, which makes this blade. It's it's almost like a chainsaw kind of, or like a. Mm-hmm. Now it might it might be like back and forth, like articulating as opposed to circular. Mm-hmm. But uh, and yeah. so it's like at a the height cut. and it's on a set of wheels, and as you push it, it's like cutting it off oh, at the. Okay. That, that's there's, probably yeah, there's like a couple different styles of it too. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. So it's, it's commercially available. Is this something people can look up? What yeah. are the keywords if I were looking for that? What would be the keywords if I were just doing a search? Leaf lettuce harvester or salad yeah. mix Leaf harvester. Leaf lettuce harvester. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm going to have to do that because I have not specifically paid any attention to that. That would be, and the reciprocating portion would make perfect sense in that application because that doesn't create a lot of sling, which you would not want on leaf lettuce, right. like a grinding motion. That'd be the last thing you would want on leaf lettuce. So that some kind of reciprocating cut would make sense. So, yeah. Pretty so cool. there's at least one available on Johnny's. I was just looking. Ooh. That's exactly what I'm looking at. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's where, like, I, because I think that it was like a, it was a, you know, the old story of the American inventor. And I think it was, a, I think it was a kid who came up with the idea. And then there was just this matter of like scaling it and bringing it to like a level that it would be, could be 
more more broadly produced and yeah it's kind of like a i think it's almost kind of like a like a hedge trimmer you know mm. where it's like the back like of a hedge trimmer on a rolling platform yeah, or sort of sort of along those lines you know i think back to the tobacco industry when everything was on float beds i don't know if you guys worked uh with like tobacco transplant producers any but in the past 15 20 years ago uh, some guy came up with the ingenious plan of trimming the tops of tobacco transplants, which was sort of a necessary thing for, you know, a nice even product is they just put a lawnmower on rails and just pushed it back and forth in the greenhouse. And uh, that's how that was invented. I mean, yeah, from that I point had, forward, there was all kinds of, of that. Um, yeah, it became a whole thing and they, everybody started doing that method and it was efficient and fast. And then there was electric mowers and plug-in mowers at the time more, you know, more so than battery because battery tech wasn't as good back a few years ago, but yeah, that's the, how that was invented. Kind of a similar concept. There was a need. And so somebody got creative. Yeah. And I think market gardeners are the master of that. Uh, every time I visit a farm of moderate size that's involved in horticulture operations, mm-hmm. I am looking around constantly and I'm always amazed at the ingenuity of people solving problems with, you know, all these different concepts and these different gadgets. It's uh, so cool. I mean, just looking around at people's barns, pretty cool stuff. Brett, what cool gadget do you have to show and tell today? Well, I'm kind of boring, so I I don't tend toward a lot of gadgets per se. I I think you know, for me, I'm I I the the tools or the I guess you could call them gadgets. The the tools that I I probably couldn't wouldn't want to garden without are a good pair of pruners. Mm-hmm. A good mm-hmm. I I do have a pair of loppers. A decent lightweight rake mm-hmm. mm. like the flat kind of lawn rake yeah uh yes yeah, or, like a, yeah, a, yeah 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 like Agreed. a flat i'm of, very particular uh, yeah, about my the, lawn rakes yeah. yeah very particular and um i think one thing that i josh you and i have talked about this before but a, an aspect of an aspect of this tool stuff or this gadget stuff is learning how to, if you're going to invest in something good, learning how to maintain and or keep mm-hmm. a thing operating at its highest level. And so yeah. if you've never sharpened a shovel before, <laughs> yeah, right. try it. Right. Set yourself free. <laughs> yeah. So another yeah, gadget that I use, I think, I, I mean, maybe I use more than anything is a file. I use a file yeah. all the time to try to keep stuff oh, yeah. sharp. And, you know, the, the older I get, the more I appreciate it. And the, the more time I'm happy to spend in the shade. I know you guys use that. Have you guys used tungsten sharpeners, just a sharpening steel? Yeah. It's a piece of carbide or tungsten. And th- that is one of my favorite sharpeners. I didn't start using that till later on in life with bypass printers. Then I figured out that it's amazing for shovels and other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a good file, a good uh, tungsten sharpener, uh, you know, is amazing. Those two items. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I've recently been in, uh, so I've put in some rain or have put in some rain barrels and rain collection components. And that has some gadgets that go along with it. But two things, mm-hmm. two things that I've, a couple things that I've gotten are some uh, electric pumps that I use mm-hmm. to like put pre- move pressurized water out of the barrels. And I also have a, like a, I use a, uh, an outlet remote, a thing that remotely turns yeah. off the power from an outlet so that I can turn my water off and on from a little remote while yeah, I'm not yeah. watering. 
that's a little setup that I've actually recently engaged in, in, in getting involved in, in that's a gadget, some gadgets that I've been buying. Yeah. Is that an app on your phone that controls that or like a remote control? Uh, I'm just the, the OG. Okay. Gotcha. Remote. Like line of sight yeah. kind of thing. Uh, yeah, like, like, oh, you said controller. Aria. Like they sell yeah, like radio frequency yes. controllers. Yeah. Well, yeah, those, so those I are accidentally, awesome. I had it in my pocket and I laid down on the couch of the bed and it turned it on and Annie came in and was like, there's <laughs> water going everywhere out here. And I, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I don't even know my own power. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought about it turning on and it happened. If you want to get high tech, it's amazing. If you go online and just search, just use keywords to your favorite online order source, uh, home garden irrigation system. Yeah. You know, you talked about water delivery, but you want to talk about an area where the technology's gotten good and gotten cheap. We've always, we've had it for years and years in commercial horticulture, but homeowners now have just, they have available to them anything that they want in the form of admitters, transmission lines, and it's all plug and play. It's super simple. And if you combine a basic home irrigation system that's plug and play, you know, it's basically pick your layout, how much footage you need, type of admitters, and all this is kind of very straightforward, lots of pictures. If you combine that a system like that in conjunction with like a timer, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a fully automated home irrigation yeah. system. You no longer have to worry about going on vacation. Timers have gotten good. The valves have gotten good. I mean, 15, 20 bucks, you can get an amazing, simple timer that will water on a schedule. Mm-hmm. You hook that to your drip irrigation system for home, and it's incredible. The yeah. technology is so good. And you know, it's just evolved over time. There's lots of different types of systems, but it's just common to pick out a hundred dollar system that does a lot of square footage and has like five different types of admitters in there. Drip admitters, projection style kind of admitters that kind of throw water up in the air if you need that to cover a larger area like lettuce or something. But yeah, those systems have gotten so good. And your comment made me think about that, Brett, is I've recommended that a lot to people over the last few years is these home irrigation systems just blow my mind how efficient, how good they are. Yeah. That was one that I had written down was like those kind of irrigation setups specifically kind of like timers, hose timers, that kind of thing. Cause you can connect it to whatever you're kind of working with. Maybe you're just working with like soaker hoses or whatever, but maybe you have a drip irrigation system set up. Maybe you like Ray have, you know, the top of the line emitter set up to like perfectly douse a certain area, but. Um, yeah, there's a lot of kind of develop your own for whatever your system is and customize it and just take some pressure off yourself for, you know, getting getting some of these things done. Like you can just set it and forget it and walk away. Yeah, Check on it every now and again. Do you, and, do you all have any go to like wearable accessories for either efficiency or comfort or safety or any of those things? So like. I did not, you know, if you, if you spend a lot of time outside, maybe, maybe you did still didn't have this realization, but a a large hat has Mm. multiple different positive outcomes. One is that it keeps the sun off of you, but it also has this really strange cooling effect. And (laughs) I didn't realize that until I worked outside more. So that that's one. And recently, you know, we are the well-documented bald boys of the podcast. And one of the things that the non-bald among us don't necessarily realize is that the hair that is on your head, that is on your blessed, (laughs) blessed heads (laughs) actually soaks up a lot of moisture. And Mm -hmm. when you are, you know, if, if, 
Alexis's hair is like the rainforest and my head is like a parking lot. And what happens when moisture hits a parking lot is it runs right off. <laughs> and so an element the, that I have, have more and more uh, tried to take advantage of are the the bufandas, the, the stretchy scarves. Sometimes they're called gators or whatever. Fishermen mm-hmm. can wear them. It's like a some of them have F, like a UPF mm-hmm. factor. But for just kind of keeping some sun off my head and, and keeping uh, the moisture somewhat in place so that when a cool breeze comes across, it feels good. Do you all have any other wearable? I know like a lot of the flower people, I've seen ads where they wear like the the sleeve things and they wear like. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I've got those. Do you those, have those? Um, I knew you did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like I an have apron? Them. Do you have like a like an apron or like a tool belt or like what's your vibe on that? I have what a tool belt. sleeve things yeah. are we talking about here? Yeah. What is so, that? Alan Iverson? Ever make- heard of him? <laughs> got sleeves. He's got sleeves. They make these uh, sl- like SPF sleeves that are like literally they go up to they're like arm where warmers. Where t-shirt in the 80s. would end? Yeah, like a like an arm warmer, uh, and they go down to like the knuckles, and they have little thumb holes in them uh, where you know you can essentially get coverage from. And why I like them. Well, not only because I'm pale, but I'm usually in long sleeves anyways. Like by this by this time, I have enough long sleeves in my repertoire of outdoor clothing that I don't necessarily use them for that. But when I do have short sleeves on, um, I will use if it's even in the evening or early, early morning, I'll use them for skin protection from um, just the plants themselves. So a lot of cut flowers or like if you've ever harvested squash or zucchini Mm. or a zinnia is a good example of this. Or even like if you're in in brambles and stuff. Okra, Mm -hmm. yeah, right. There's those fine hairs Mm -hmm. that will cause irritation on, you know, on your skin. And so these sleeves just kind of act as a barrier, but they also have sun protection in them, help keep you cool, stuff like that. Uh, I really like them. They make you look jacked. Mm-hmm. You can get like um, fake you can get them with skulls on them. Airbrush, love it. Love it. They make them now I, where you can get like a matching hat. So like the like one of those big sun hats, hats under Alexis. brim is. <laughs> what about your tool belt? What about your tool belt? I have a, a utility a really, belt. <laughs> really nice leather. Imagine Batman except floral. It, it's it's more. I think of it more of a holster. Mm. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Couple of six shooters. Legit. Like I like pull out my pruners like I would like the (laughs) hand. off and sling it. And so so I'll I'll tell you my setup. Let me let me let me lay it down for you. Run me through it. So I used to wear a front little half apron where it was across the front, but when I was bending over or planting, it would get in the way. Mm -hmm. And so I switched switch to only having essentially what's more like holster. So I have like a large and because it's leather, it's kind of like molded around like my hips at at this point, but on one side. So I have my snips, I have my pruners, and then it has a bigger pocket where I keep my floral knife, my, a pen or pencil. And then usually like I can stuff my gloves down in there. And then I also have on the belt itself has like a little thing that holster for my soil knife is now on there. And then on the other side, I have another little pouch on my other hip that holds all my rubber bands for bunching. And Mm -hmm. so it's a lot. I feel like I kind of feel like my dad, like my dad was a police officer. So he always had his, you know, (laughs) complain about his gun belt. And like, here I am like loading up this big 80 pounds of utility. (laughs) equipment but it keeps things the off the front <laughs> yes. and off the very back so that like i have a lot more freedom of movement that way and i wear it 
every single day. Like, yeah. even if you're not is, gardening, <laughs> pretty. I mean, listen, I get more compliments on how cool I look in that thing than anything I else. Do not um, at all, I look dope, man. But yeah, and then, and then I have my sleeves on. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. super cool. <laughs> all the accessories. All I mean, the accessories. This has got some real Mad Max vibes. I, mean, I, I like think it. the more that, the more effective that you are with your setup, and the more comfortable that you are, the more time mm-hmm. you're going to be able to spend out there. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely. And I have to walk yeah. back and forth. Everything that I need is right there at my fingertips. No matter if I'm like sudden, like I have like ADHD when I'm in the field, and I like see a weed, and it's suddenly I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to weed this whole row, and I'm supposed to be picking. So I have all of that, you know pretty much right there at my fingertips which is most of the time a good thing but what i wanted to bring up one gadget that i get the most questions about and i say the most questions of when like if i post a video about it or a picture or something every single time i get someone like commenting what is that tell me more about it and i think if you just were to google like stand and plant you would something would pop up but it would there i think there's a patent on this specific one so i feel comfortable saying the name the name of it it's swedish and it's called a potapuki planter and so it's that the spelling on that for those of you who just went what Hmm? is p-o-t-t-i-p-u-t-k-i so it's a Swedish planter, and the difference between that I have found between a potapuki planter and a normal stand-in plant. So those people who maybe have done tobacco in the past, mm-hmm. uh, a stand-in plant used to be used for that yeah. often before kind of those wheel setters were something we did that- did tomatoes out of those that were, yeah. uh, I don't know, 80 years old. Yeah. yeah. So the difference that I have found between them is that it is one-handed. So mm-hmm. I can do everything with like one hand and, a, and my foot instead of having um, two oh, levers okay. up at the top. I have a lever for my foot and a thumb lever at the top where my hand goes. And so I can have one hand reaching in and grabbing um, stuff and I can do everything by myself. So essentially it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a, it's you're standing up and you're dropping plugs down through a little tube and you're using these levers to open up the little bottom uh, while you after you push it down into the soil, then you drop your plug, the plug is in there, and then you pull that up and your uh, finger will close it again so that you can stick it Are down into the soil. pushing it in with your hands or with your foot or both? You could e- either depending uh, on your soil. So cool. there is a little mm-hmm. foot step where like I can push it down in there with my foot and then there's a release. Yeah. If you look it up, you it, yeah, that, that thing looks yeah. cool. It is cool. So they use, and there's different sizes of them. So the the main use, I think why it was created was for reforesting efforts. Mm-hmm. So they were using them to put in saplings yeah, right. um, all over, you know, uh, places where things have been clear cut. And then it kind of slowly developed and, um, you know, people were buying them and converting them and using putting in smaller tubes so that they could put in smaller plugs. Well, now they've got all different sizes in there and they have conversion kits as well. So if you, if you use a whole bunch of different sizes in the, in the garden, they're great. And my caveat is always the same with kind of those uh, earthway cedars, jang cedars, whatever, you've got to have nice loose soil. And so you want that anyways for your plants. I mean, that's the goal always, but I would say the sandier or loamier your soil is the easier it will be 
to that you won't have to go back and like make sure everybody's tucked in really well. I have to do that because I have a heavier clay soil. So I get the plug in there fine, but the soil doesn't always come back and close around the plug as well mm -hmm. uh, yeah. just because I'm in Kentucky and we have clay here. Uh, so, But it, it is definitely like I've timed it and it definitely speeds up even with me going back through and it saves my back. And so right. even if it were just as if it were just as slow, but I'm spending less time bending over and planting those plugs, then it's worth it to me because I'm sus I'm sustaining myself for the future, right? Like by yeah. not killing my back and my knees. Yeah. That is a huge, huge consideration and one that I think many a horticulture professional does not take into consideration until they are forced to take it into consideration <laughs> by being laid mm -hmm. up or – Mm -hmm. whatever absolutely and i think that 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 ergonomic component because i think yeah. i think one of the things with gadgets my my hesitance with gadgets is that sometimes they are creating a Gim problem that they're and solving and it's like not yeah. even really a problem. <laughs> right but yeah. i can tell you a sore back after a day of transplanting by hand is a real problem that a lot of people face and so that's a really cool yeah ba back i don't know 10 plus years ago Aaron Stancombe and I did a very, I guess a variation on that little callback to the Hori Hori knife. We put a Hori mm -hmm. Hori knife on the end of a piece of PVC and zip tied it. And I would go and kind of create a little hole and he would mm -hmm. come and drop the plug and vice versa. It's kind of a similar, uh, but you didn't have to bend over to dig the hole was the. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah we didn't have a shoot that. We, we didn't have a tube. That's what we were missing. Yeah. I just figured, you know, even if it takes me the same amount of time, I, it's definitely not slower, but if it takes me the same amount yeah, of totally. time, that's fine. If that means that it's going to save, save me. And I, like I said, I think, and it's, I'm much faster when I get, start getting through it and I don't use it for everything. Sometimes there's just certain plugs. It's just, I would rather do by hand. But, some pookie, uh, some pookies I need get, to be I, potted a different some, way. Some pookies need to be potted, but it, it's a cool thing. <laughs> I always get a lot and it runs about. It runs about $350. So mm. it's not, it's definitely not cheap, but they're very simple parts. And yeah. I think most all of it, it'll just be like, you maybe have to replace a spring every once in a while. Yeah, it but looks sturdy. It looks like it's mostly metal. It is. It's very like sturdy. I, I have, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, there's not really much to replace on it, but what you do, what you would replace, you could find at the hardware store. Like it's not hard from what I can tell so it's it's worth Must the investment have used an ancient can. version of that alexis like mm -hmm. it was it was clunky but it was for tomatoes and tobacco yeah they have it was them still yeah do they do they still have those i was wondering i've not seen one of those in forever the difference is all the other ones i've seen that are not this brand you need it's two people because it takes yeah. two hands to work the planner and one person to drop the that's why i went with this one because it was something i could do all by yeah. myself the one i used uh, was a one-handed thing and it was weird i guess people were a lot stronger back in the day <laughs> it had a small water container with a little pinky valve that you could pop some water in there when you drop the plant too which seemed like an odd concept to me now uh, but it had a water jacket mm -hmm. around it and it was tinned metal. It was not super heavy duty, mm -hmm. uh, but you had to have your soil just really loose uh, yeah. for that thing to work because it had a pretty large opening. What you're talking about is a much sleeker and much more user friendly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. nice device.
So big fan. Well, there's probably. I mean, we could go on and on about this kind of stuff. Oh um, yeah. Is there any is, burning yeah, last minute? I just want to say knee pads. Know about this? Knee pads are awesome. Yeah. Get knee pads. Yeah. But yeah, knee pads. We all know what those are. <laughs> and if you're going to buy new pruners, uh, uh, check into the three by force multiplier pruners. I recommend those a lot. You know, we mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, sore backs, well, sore hands mm-hmm. and those that may have mobility issues or strength issues, pruners, the technology has gotten good there too. Now there's the ones that will multiply your force. So kind of look for those. Like buy uh, ones that brands. fit your hands. Um, women, I'm talking to you. A lot of pruners on the market are made for large men's hands. Yeah. They do now make one for women's hands yeah and get those because they will it, you will thank me <laughs> yeah and the, like a lot of the good brands will will have a mention of the of the handle size and whether they mm-hmm. fit mm-hmm. for smaller hands or bigger hands yeah i think i mean one of the things that's coming out of this and maybe this is telling of our our age or transition time in life or whatever but that like doing Quit looking at me you guys. doing horticulture <laughs> if you're if you are hurting or like desperately uncomfortable then there might be something that you might want to look into to modify the activity or get mm-hmm. some sort of supplementary gadget. There's like a lot, I used to have a lot of pride about things where it was like, I'll just push through or I'll just, you know, whatever, just be yeah. tougher or something. And I don't know where I've seen that in a lot of people. I don't know where that, what that's about, but if you are efficient for one year and then you can't do it anymore, that's not efficient. Uh, and mm-hmm. so right. just thinking about, just, you know, but this is something that for all, all different age groups, all different activity levels. So there's, if you can find some gadgets that make it, make you able to get out in the garden or, you know, work with, work with trees or whatever. Yeah. yeah don't, don't be afraid to do that. I like that, it. That can be a helpful, a helpful way. So many good gadgets. I mean, and these are not gimmicky gadgets that we've talked about today. Uh, I think for us, particularly us, I mean, obviously we find them very useful. I think a future episode that could be fun would be to find some of the like more crazy out there gimmicky gadgets and <laughs> ones that may have no purpose and like react to them, you know? Yeah. Oh, please. Can we, <laughs> we not, need to can do that when we do a, like YouTube. a wild card? Next? We need to start the YouTube for that so that people can yeah, see the do. gadget. We can throw and it. We will hold up. Shock this factor. Really, we can like do the, our thumbnail yeah, faces. Japanese beetle yeah. trap. Woo! Number one garden. Awesome. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be good. Who's who's in charge of doing that next? Somebody needs to bring yeah. a random wild fun, card gadget. fun wild gadgets or ones that you just believe in straight up. Let us know. Either yeah, way. And, and you can let us know. Uh, you can shoot us an email at hortculturepodcast at l.uky.edu. That will be in the show notes. You can also follow us on Instagram at hortculturepod. Uh, and you can let us know about a cool gadget or if you want to know how, you know, something you're having issues with in the garden and you want to know if we know of anything we've we've all had a lot of different experiences in this world and so uh, we can hopefully help you so that you can be gardening more uh, or farming more and for a longer period of time Uh, but i think that's about it we're going to wrap this up so we hope that as we grow this podcast, you will grow with us and join us next week. We're going to finish out our uh, cut flowers celebration for the state of Kentucky. So thank you all for being with us today.